Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Winner Winner Podcast. My name is Mike, aka MTB Trigger, and I'll be your host today. And I just wanted to welcome you back to Winner Winner Season 3, Episode 1. It's launch time. We're back. Let's get after it. So if you're brand new to the show, welcome. We talk about all things PUBG with a heavy focus on mastering game systems and getting better at the game. We're kicking this season off with a returning guest, as well as a brand new guest to talk about the most recent patch. Specifically, we're going to be talking about ranked mode. We're going to be talking about the addition of bots. And before I introduce them, I do really quickly want to get through some housekeeping items and then we'll drop right in. So we are now part of the XP Media Network, which honestly doesn't change a whole lot. But for those of you that are seeing this on YouTube, this is the first time we have the video version of the podcast up. So welcome to those of you finding us on YouTube. But as far as a listener perspective, nothing is changing on the show. We just have some new production on the back end that allows us to do the video on the front end. We also have a new website. We're on xpmedianow.com. I'm going to have tons of stuff on that website going forward. But the best way to support the show, as always, is to tell a friend, whether they're currently playing PUBG or whether they're thinking about getting the game, tell them about the show. We'll see if we can't get them in and enjoy the game with us. Lastly, if you're looking for me or you want to chat with me directly, you can find me on Twitch a couple days a week. I stream at MTB Trigger, and I'm also available in Discord basically all the time, unfortunately or fortunately, depending how you look at that. For business inquiries, if you want to talk about something podcast-related, you can also hit us at winnerpodcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter at winner underscore podcast. So that's it. Let's get into it. Joining me today, we have the head of PUBG North America, as well as one of the game designers for PUBG that has worked on ranked mode. So it's been a while since we've had you guys on the show. Maynard, Brian Corrigan, welcome to the show, guys. Hope you guys have gotten some sleep since ranks has come out, but hopefully things are dying down a little bit. Welcome. How are you guys? (laughs) Yeah, we're doing pretty good, and congrats on all the good stuff going on for you guys as well. Great to be here. Awesome. It's been a little while, but it's good to be back, and this is a great way to kick off the new season. So I don't really want to uh, jump around too much, but have you guys uh, (laughs) had some... Has your stress levels gone down a little bit since since Ranked is out now? Uh, yeah, the time period between uh, bots launching on console and Ranked launching on PC was a, an extremely stressful time. <laughs> so uh, I don't think anybody slept for about, what, what was that, three weeks, Maynard? <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, but it's, yeah. it's been a while. Um, actually, it, it's been even worse recently, up until very, very recently, because uh, when you have like Ranked mode launching on PC and then console a week later, oh, both of those events... The server downtime ends at around 4 a.m. EST, and of course, after having worked on this for over a year, I'm not just going to go to sleep and wake up. I'm going to be up at 4 a.m. like looking at it when it first comes out, so <laughs> the sleep, yeah, the sleep is only just now coming back to us. <laughs> well, and so, like, Corian, we've had you on the show before. Maynard, welcome. Brand new, first time here. 
You know, when I say game designer and that you've worked on Ranked, can you maybe explain a little bit about what exactly your role in that is? Just so someone who's a brand new listener and doesn't quite understand what that position is. Right. So the game design of the rank system, it includes things like how you gain and lose rank points, what types of skills are even measured for rank, almost as importantly, which skills are not measured for ranked, how fast you gain points and lose points, how good you have to be to be at certain ranks, the whole spectrum of the, the systems and mechanics behind the ranked, the rewards, how high you have to be to get a reward, what the reward is how many rewards we have, how high rank you have to be to, in order to play the game. Right now, we have, you have to have Survivor Mastery level 20. You have to have SMS in order to play rank. That was also a design call. All these sort of things that go into you know how it works outside of actually playing it in-game are a part of the game design. Gotcha. Well, and you kind of answered this in explaining everything that goes into it, but I think the number one sentiment or comment that I get when I'm asking people how they feel about Ranked is, why did it take so long to get released? Because everyone's been asking for it probably since day one. I mean, everybody wanted it. I guess why now? Maybe that's the right question. And, and either one of you can take this, but why was it last week that Ranked came out? Well, actually, we joined the company and joined PUBG in early 2018 or late 2017. And the first thing when they said, what do you guys want to build? We said ranked. So from our perspective, it's been two years, two years and five months. Um, <laughs> but, but it actually hasn't been being worked on that long. So yeah, you want to take that one, Maynard? <laughs> well, to, to be fair, there I was, you know, doing work on porting over the event pass Sandhawk from PC at console. True. During those days, Brian started to walk over to my desk like once a day or so and be like, so what do you think about our uh, the surround title thing? And of course, the answer was always, well, it's not a ranked mode. <laughs> <laughs> what would that would look like? I'd like to make a better well, one, Maynard. <laughs> you know, and yeah. the old, you know, someday maybe, you know, that would that sure would be nice. Like, we could just you know, do napkin drawings and start thinking about this ahead of time. A while later, we've launched Weapon Mastery, Survival Mastery, and then going into ranked mode. It's like, wow, it's been a long time coming. We have all these ideas. Yeah. You know, of course, you have to actually get down to build the rank mode. And it's never quite as simple as it sounds. So that actually is one good point. I mean, we actually decided to... We prioritize our own our own list, but we decided to prioritize mastery over ranked, even though, you know, it was a little heartbreaking for us. But at the time, we're thinking, you know, there were really no progression systems outside of that season title system. You know, we wanted something that would be like a general purpose system. So general purpose progression. Right. So we prioritized mastery first and then moved on to ranked, huh? Yep. We decided to do mastery first because we found that the progression systems that PUBG had at the time, they were not hitting the bar necessary for players to feel that their day-to-day -day game experiences mattered, that they would queue into a game, they would do something, and unless they won the match, it mattered. We wanted to add something where every player could, every match, uh, proportionally to how well they performed, feel like they were moving forward in PUBG, and that wasn't the case. And because the mastery systems were going to touch every single player in the game, just the impact of alleviating that pain of feeling like you were not going anywhere is so much higher in our minds. Even though ranked is something very dear to our hearts, you know, all of us played lots of like League of Legends and other competitive games. We're very, very much into rank systems. It very much was something we wanted to work on. But judging from other games, rank would only impact like 10 20% of the player base, if you're lucky, versus mastery, which could improve the experience for everybody. So it really was, you know, it wasn't a hard call to make when it came down to it. 
So you kind of expressed the idea of something feeling like you're progressing, right? And, you know, Brian, you also mentioned that we had the survival, we had the weapon mastery, and then those were kind of the predecessors to actual ranked. So getting those into the game, how important to ranked was it to have those systems before ranked came out? You know, you have to kind of remember... I mean, people forget how far PUBG's come in the past three years. You know, it's come a long, long way. So we're starting from a place where we really didn't have any of those types of systems at all. And like Maynard said, we wanted a general purpose system that would serve everybody. And, you know, the Weapon Mastery one was the easiest one to start with because guns are such a strong thing in the game. And, you know, when that came out, you have to rewind to last year. That was a pretty widely well-received feature. It needs some love in 2020. Uh, We are the first people to admit it. It definitely needs love in 2020. It probably needed love in in 2019, but you know it needs some love. Then we worked on the survival mastery system, and and that one was, I guess, I would say probably in some ways a little closer to serving the general population because when weapon mastery came out, I mean, we knew we knew how many new players had a hard time with the guns because the guns in our in our game are notoriously great and notoriously hard. And you know, I think that system tended to serve a lot more of like the experienced players than than we hoped. But when Survival Mastery came out, you know, we saw uptick on that one right away. I mean, right away, you know, that that system is rewarding after every game. You get the pop-up, you get something, you earn something after every game. That wasn't exactly happening in Weapon Mastery because you actually had to do something like correct with a weapon, which, you know, which is uh, as hard for a lot of new players and you just don't get a chance to do it. So I think we were pretty happy by the time the Survival Mastery stuff came out. And then honestly, we just had to make a call of, do we go back and revisit Weapon Mastery and Survival Mastery and do more of the stuff that we want to do? You know, we'd like to have stuff like in-game, you know, heat maps and things like that. A lot of the stuff that people are are enjoying out of the game, you know, we know that belongs in the game at some point. But, you know, like everything, you got to prioritize. So at that point, we went back and we said, okay, it's time to time to build Ranked. Right. Well, and you brought up a concept there that even I struggle with. And I'm a guy that, you know, I play some games casually. I play some games really hardcore. I typically have one or two games that I'm going really hard at, and then I'll play things just kind of off to the side, right? Like Hearthstone, for example, is a game that I'll just play here and there, and I don't follow the patch notes. I don't follow any of that. But PUBG, I grind. Tarkov, I grind. Yep. Uh, Maynard, you said that like 10 to 20% of people, (laughs) you know, when you're talking about League of Legends and how competitive mode affects people there. And so when Ranked is coming out here, and you mentioned these mastery systems, the survival systems, those affect every single player. Yep. Do you guys have like an anticipation of how much of the player base will actually use the rank mode? <laughs> well, I, I would like to get into that just a second. If you don't mind, um, I had a couple of directions I wanted to take the previous question to first. All day. Go for it. Right. So there are two strategic reasons uh, that come to mind for why we needed to do the mastery systems before the rank mode. So one of them was that we talked about this need to put these progression systems into the game. It wasn't just because we needed to have more progression systems. It's because the inevitable fact was that when Ranked Mode came out, Survival Title would need to die. Because Survival Title, for all of its mechanically behaving like a progression system, it has all the appearance of a Ranked system. We cannot have two such systems in the game at the same time. Uh, It would be too confusing, and it would be a very strange experience. So the very nature of bringing out Ranked Mode necessitates that Survival Title is retired. However, if Survival Title is the only generic progression system that all players have access to, and you replace it with a Ranked Mode, whereas only like a small percentage of players compared with the whole have access to, it really would suck for everybody who's not a hardcore <laughs> like, competitive player. That was the first uh, strategic reason why it had to be that way. The other reason 
um, which I think really is the question that you really wanted to ask, is yes, we needed to look at the weapons data and the survival data of players to understand, you know, like how many kills does a good player get? How long does a good player live versus a new player versus an average player versus a top end player? In order to later on go on ahead at ranked, to set those numbers, we would need to run many simulations, many labs tests in order to gather that data. But we couldn't even begin without an estimate. And those estimates were drawn from the mastery system. Awesome. So let's dive into that a little bit, because I think that's a question that's always out there about where do the numbers come from? So I love that you sort of anticipated one of the number one questions that is, you know, what's in ranked right now? What's not being measured right now? And, you know, maybe this is the hopeful side of me, but are there things that you guys are looking at to add in later? Right. So right now, ranked measures three uh, stats and uses those to generate the change in rating points or rank points, whatever you want to call it, RP, after a match. The first uh, is your placement. Uh, your placement being uh, how many players are left alive at the time that you die. They can be measured in terms of individual placements, such as one out of a hundred, or uh, a team placement, such as one out of 16, or something like that. Uh, right now, we're using individual placements, and I'm sure we'll talk more about why this is later. Um, but that's just for the sake of this, it's individual placement. Then you have kills, and you have assists. And importantly here, kills and assists are worth the same. So it doesn't matter whether or not you or your teammate gets the last hit, if you'll forgive the MOBA terminology. Both of you will get credit, the full credit, not just partial credit. So there's no competing between your own team for getting a kill. All that matters is, can you do it or not? The amount of placement points you get and the amount of kills plus assists you get are combined. That behind the scenes gives you what we call a performance number. We have an index of what kind of performance we expect of a bronze player, of a silver or gold player. And the difference between your actual performance and your expected performance is what tells our system uh, whether you should gain or lose points and by how much. Um, and this happens at the end of every match. Eventually, if you play enough games, what's going to happen is that you will reach a rank where you are capable of producing consistently the performance points that match that rank tier over time. That's how the rating system works. Gotcha. So let's let's dig into the kind of elephant and you kind of alluded to it in the placement points, because I think if there's any piece of this that keeps coming up, whether it's a new player or it's a streamer who's been grinding the ranked mode, is this personal placement. And I think what it stems from is the idea that if I'm really a team player and ranked mode is limited to squads right now, I make a play that makes my team have a much better chance at winning the game, meaning, you know what, I run into a compound to anchor it to try to secure that rotation, and I die doing that, but it lets my team get the information to go on and win the game or place high. Currently, your personal placement, you're getting a much lower score, even though your team goes on to win the game. So, and, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to back you into a corner on this. I would anticipate that that's a much harder thing to calculate and figure out, but that's kind of the only like feels bad in the current ranked mode. And again, it's only been out for, you know, a week now. So it's not like we've had a ton of experience with it. But can we talk about that personal placement versus team placement? Of course. So to get it out of the way immediately, yes, we want to do team placements. We've always wanted to do team placements. Team placements are the way to go. Unfortunately, there are a few design issues and technical issues that need to be resolved before we can do team placements. And we do, in fact, have plans 
to launch team placements in some form, like Season 8, and if it's not the perfect form, to continue moving forward to improve that system. However, uh, let's talk about some of those issues. I, I, I raised my arms in, in joy. I mean, <laughs> and there was much rejoicing, yes. I mean, I, I, I want to hear the details too, but it's like, I don't know, just hearing that's really exciting because it's the only feels bad. Like you see this amazing game on Twitch and then you see the person that made the thing happen is sitting there griping about not getting the team points. So it's awesome to hear that it's something you want to do. And now I want to know exactly what you have to work on, Maynard, to get it done. (laughs) So when you're designing a system like this, you have to have a set of principles, sort of North Stars that you refer to when you're trying to make decisions and trying to choose what the best way is to go to solve a problem. What are the ideals that you hold that you want to not waver from? In our case, these were things like competitive integrity. We have had a long history of players with the survival title system where they may need that extra reinsurance of going overboard, of us showing that, no, this is a skill-based rating system. It's not a progression system. Every aspect needs to be carefully tuned to reinforce the fact that this is not a system meant to be gamed or a way for you to cheaply get a rank or any of that. And so that comes into issue when you have things like team placements, where the immediate thought is, oh, were you carried to your rank? Did you just find your highest-ranked friend slash paid for friend that you could and then just chill while they conquered the whole server, maybe with hacks, maybe not with hacks, and then you find yourself at the top of the leaderboard. The integrity of ranked is very high in our priority list. So that was one like immediate concern about team placements that we had to deal with. It's a concern that when stacked against other concerns, eventually turns out that we're willing to lay off a little bit especially after the launch of Ranked, where players have very clearly seen and understood that it's a skill-based rating system from their own experiences. We can pull back a little bit on being over-indexing maybe on that, but it was definitely one of the things at the forefront of our minds. Another large concern was the responsiveness and the experience of Ranked. You said you're at Gold Tour now, right? Yes. Yep. So I know you didn't place there because <laughs> because full-stacked teams of professional players on voice comms on live stream have gone on to win five games and gotten Gold 3. I'm not trying to knock you, but I'm, I'm <laughs> willing to bet you probably grinded up there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I put, I put some time in, Maynard. I put some right, time. You put your time in. Because you put your time in, you know this experience, right? Going ranked. You have your intense game. Maybe you won really hard, maybe you got crushed, whatever the case, you hit exit the lobby, you go back, first thing you see, immediately that post-game screen, telling you, you know, you got this placement, this kills assist, here's your RP change, this nice, glorious, like, like, fat XP bar, like, really fat XP bar that feels good to fill up and go down, and you know, oh, I done goofed, or you celebrate, right? It's immediate, <laughs> it's responsive. Uh, you know how to change your play style the next time. If you won the game or you did well, you get to have that hoorah moment. Here's the thing. That only works because every single one of those stats, we know the instant you die. For example, say this was team placements, and you you die and you leave. Your team is still alive. You go to the out game. What do you do? Do you show a modal, like a pop-up window that has incorrect information? That's obviously not going to happen. Do you show a modal that has, you know, pending, come back in a half an hour, maybe? That's like a, even a step up in survival title, where if you remember, in survival title, you'd play a game, and you'd leave, and it wasn't until the game actually finished that record would ever appear, that your stats would update. Like, that's clearly not good as well, right? You have these immediate issues. 
So how do you do team placements and then have that satisfying, accurate, immediate notification, accurate notification of what your rank change was? So this is the other major design issue that we're working with. And we have ideas that we're pushing forward on how to deal with this. Things like, well, maybe if you spectate your team, as soon as you leave the game, at that point, whatever your team rank was, when you left spectating, that's what you get. So if you watch the whole time, you get the full team placement. Or if you leave early, you get partial credit. Like these type of things are the direction we're looking at. But it's a, that leads into the technical issue of that tech isn't there yet, right? Every action that occurs in the game, in order for the what's called the out game, to know what happened in the end game, the end game needs to generate these like messages that it sends to its server that are accurate and up to date, and it needs to get from there to there to the out game in a matter of seconds before you get out of the loading screen in order for it to have that information. Right now, those logs, that like pipeline of information, doesn't exist for this type of leave during spectate update scenario. And we're trying to get that in. We're seeing if it's feasible for season eight. That's the direction that we look to be going in right now. But it just didn't exist in time for the launch. Gotcha. So you talked about two key things there. And I'm sitting here sort of really happy to hear those answers. But I want to push on them a little bit. I want to clarify some things surrounding them. And sure, the integrity of ranked is something that I really liked the way you said that because I come from playing games like World of Warcraft and they have a similarly responsive system where you've got an expected performance and you either gain rank above that or you lose rank if you don't perform very well. But it's the behind the scenes things that you talked about with the integrity that one of the number one things that happens in World of Warcraft is people pay for ranking and it is a team based rank system, meaning it's however the team does. Like, There's actually three-man ranked squads in World of Warcraft that will say, yeah, just go die, and then the two of us will kill the other three guys and get you your ranked. It's easier for us to play together than worry about what you're doing. I actually like that there's a protection around the integrity. I know that there's a lot of people that are going to say, no, just give us the team-based ranking. So I don't know if there's more to say on that or if there's other models that you guys have looked at. But to me, it's really cool to know that you can't really game the system or you're doing your best to not allow people to game the system. Because at this point, adding ranked in at this time, you know what? If I put the time in to earn gold, platinum, masters, whatever it becomes, it's going to be cool to know that you're looking at someone, they probably put the time in and you guys are really working to not allow gaming of that system. Right. It's very important to us. And when we made the decision, when we discussed team placements versus individual placements and the impact that this could have on the integrity of ranked, uh, we didn't lightly make the decision that we could discard you know, the importance of, t- of individual placements. What it came down to was that the total amount, uh, there was flexibility in the system. There was some leeway, right? We over-indexed on protecting the pure skill measure, your personal skill measure of ranked. And because of that, we're able to pull back a bit. We have individual placements right now, but we also have individual kills, individual assists. And the way that the calculation of performance is split up, the maximum potential of what placements can get you and what kills plus assists can get you are the same. A first place in like getting a chicken dinner is worth as much placement points in terms of performance as getting the maximum amount of kills and assists, which at the moment is 10. So if you get, if you get 10 kills plus assists, that's as much of a performance in the calculation as getting chicken dinner. So what this really means is that if we relax, and it is, it is relaxing of the system, if we relax 
placements so that you can have team placements. As long as we still measure kills and assists on an individual basis, there will be a plateau where players who are being carried cannot go past. Because they will hit a point where just having a chicken dinner, even, and no kills and assists will not carry them beyond a certain rank. Gotcha. Um, and because, because we built it like that, we have that leeway. But because of that as well, that means we can't do both. We, if we do team placements and like team kills and assists, which I've seen some players advocate for, you're completely removing any responsibility for the player themselves to prove that they deserve their own rank. Yeah, and I'm just thinking about it as you're saying it. And it's like at some point, there's going to be a line that's drawn between true competitive, like professional teams, and then a ranked mode within the game, right? And that that line's there, right? Because they are looking at who actually got the killing blow on the down player, right? There's a very real strategy in the pro scene that you're trying to down a knocked player that somebody else knocked from another team. Whereas in this system, kills and assists are worth the same because of the tracking ability. Is there any fear from you guys right now telling me that assists and kills are worth the same? Because I know what happens. I know what gamers do. I know what grinders do. And they're going to say, ooh, assists lead to the same amount of points as kills do. So the new meta is going to be, hey, there's a guy over there, shoot him really quick so then I can kill him. Nope, not afraid at all, because we thought of that and you have to participate a certain amount. So we have assists broken up into certain what we consider to be useful contributions. I'm not going to give the exact number right now because of what you just mentioned. (laughs) Say four people all focus fire on one dude. Uh, Probably only two or three of them are going to do enough damage to that person before he goes down in a short time to be credited with an assist. One guy is not going to tickle him with one bullet in the toe from his vector and do eight damage and get the assist, right? That's not going to happen. However, if you make a useful contribution, you will still get the assist. So say, for example, I knock a guy with my car 98 and I'm 300 meters away and he falls behind a hill and I'm like, well, damn, now I can't finish him. But my teammate is up there and he nades him. The teammate who finishes the down player gets an assist because that is a useful contribution to actually finish the player off. Now, if that player just damaged the downed player and the guy never died, well, nobody gets anything. You only get credit for kills and assists. Um, We actually had this whole conversation around damage in ADR, a well-known and long-used stat in the community, and whether it should be involved in the rank system. I made a very lengthy post on Reddit about it to anybody who asked. Uh, We had a lot of discussions about it internally, about why we should or shouldn't use it. We can rehash some of that right now, but basically we came down to Uh, kills and assists, because kills and assists are like the core defining factor of whether you actually usefully engage in the fight, or whether you just like poked back and forth and just wasted your ammo and your attention to yourselves. So when you're talking about your indexing too, I'm assuming you guys looked at ADR and things that you can probably track and looks at things like that. Is it necessarily a correlation between ADR and kills, or is it just so all over the place for non like low skilled players to high skilled players that it's just not really a it's not something you can attach to certain ranks, as it were? So the ADR stat is strongly correlated with kills and with placement points, actually. It's not that it's not a correlated stat. It's that it doesn't meet the standards of integrity we want for our rank system. If I tell you kills and assists are what you need to get for ranked, you have no choice but to actually kill someone. If I tell you damage is a factor, you now have the choice to change your playstyle to like farm people for damage. You know, poking people but not finishing them, 
two teams sitting in opposite compounds, not intending to kill each other. You know, one guy shoots each different guy one time each to get maximum ADR, and then both teams leave. Like, there's all these different things that, if you want to plug those holes in the system, it starts getting very complicated and obtuse. You know, maybe you put a restriction on, I can only get 180 ADR per person, and now you've created an incentive to farm different people. It eventually comes back down to, you have to put so many conditions that eventually result in, you need to actually kill the person that you were shooting. And at that point, it, it, it's just kills. Like, it really is just kills now with all the middlemen. And so, sorry, damage is out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corrigan, I, I want to hear kind of your take on this, right? Because I look at, this is a challenging communication issue, right? Like, how do you, it's it, like that conversation <laughs> right there. Like, I feel hearing the, the lead up to that, the explanation of it, it makes sense to me. ADR is one of those things. And again, it's in every FPS game out there, right? Counter-Strike ADR, it's everywhere. And it's always looked at and it's usually tracked on every third-party site as well. But when we're talking about something like that, that again, it's FPS-centric, but so is kills, right? Like the kill-death ratio was probably the original one. And then that one gets looked at and it's like, well, you've got an 8KD but, or you've got a 400 ADR but. This seems to be like these issues right here are the crux. Like, so when you're trying to figure out like how to move forward on it and what to talk about going forward, how do you take what Maynard's talking about and be like, okay, this is what we want to work on. Is there fear that like team rating points can't be done or it's so complex when you break it down into these individual little pockets that I'm just wondering how do you actually get this out to everybody that's playing in it? Well, you know, we're super good at communication sometimes to start out with. <laughs> so, I mean, the problem is, I think for a lot of games, like rank mode has been around for a long time. And these conversations happen slowly over season after season after season. And then players see things evolve. So, you know, we're launching all this at one time, halfway through a season, you know, so in a short season, which we chose to do on purpose. We're doing it for a game that's been live for three years. We're also doing it in a genre that actually there's not a lot of esports in the battle royale genre really to start out with. So it's, it's even within the genre, we're one of the, we're, we're one of the leads. Um, and then we have, you know, a competitive community. We have multiple ways to play the game already. We have players that are really good at the game that aren't playing squad modes and we just have to even educate them about squad to begin with. So we have a very hard time, uh, you know, getting all that out because of all those reasons. So we've tried to uh, get out some articles about rank. There's going to be another one uh, probably just launching before the podcast here comes out or, or right after. Um, we've tried to take it to Twitter a lot. We've had a lot of discussions with the pros. We're in the the Discord with the pros talking to them because, you know, they, they have to understand why the public ranked can't work exactly like the way that we judge the pro scene and things like that. It can't work exactly the same, although it's very close in spirit. And that was actually, you know, another goal I was going to say that, that we had all along was we really wanted to support the pro scene because uh, we're big fans. But honestly, I think just stuff like this, like it has to be a lot of conversations and the information has to get out there. But, you know, it would be hard for us to write a 50-page paper to summarize basically all the design work for the last year because what you're getting from Maynard is the result of, I mean, literally hundreds of hours of debates, arguments. I mean, we have a lot of people who are really good at PUBG internally who challenge whether or not things like this are even possible. And uh, I mean, so far, honestly, we've been really happy with the launch and the reception. And the, the ultimate measure is whether or not it feels good to players, because ultimately, it just has to feel good. 
Um, and we have been getting a lot of really good feedback on it so far. So, well, and that feeling thing is the kind of the point that I wanted to make and ask a question around, right? Which is, I look at something like team-based rating, right? And Maynard, I love the detail behind it because I know that I'm probably going to re-listen to that and have to chew on it. <laughs> but I look at something like the whole idea of when someone, you know, leaves the game or it's where they finished right now. I heard that, you know, for season eight, there may be some team base coming. That's what you're working towards. I love that. But the cool part in watching this actually play out, the feeling of it is I've watched people stream this, right? And if they try to make a play and they die, the vast majority of the time, it's so different than it was in squads before. There's this feeling of, I'm going to stay in. I'm going to help my team. I'm going to draw a line with the marker system and say, hey, there's a team on either side of this line. Or, hey, one of you needs to anchor this spot. One of you needs to get over here. And there's this engagement that hasn't been there before, even in people that were playing really sweaty or aggressively and really trying to win before the ranked mode. Again, we can talk about a couple systems, what's in there, and I recognize that it's the work over this distant period of time, but there's a really cool feeling right now going on. The only negative feeling that I see out there is this team-based ranking. So not to ask you to say give an exact date and, and season eight is kind of the target right now, but how hard is it to take a feeling that's in the game right now that's not so good, it's kind of negative, that it feels bad to get this negative team ranking. How hard is it to take that and then start development on that? And again, I'm not saying you're just starting on it. You've clearly already been thinking about it. But how hard is it to take that feeling and then develop a back-end system to measure it, to track it? It's a little hard to quantify that because on a very general level, what you're describing is game design. That's that's what it is. You have a a vision in your head, a, a distant feeling, a collection of experiences and emotions and visceral sort of like vision of what you want to do. And you have to translate that into numbers, into spreadsheets and math. You have to talk to engineering to see, you know, how it can even be done, what compromises need to be made. Do those compromises damage the, the, the vision to the point where it's better off doing something else? All these things are, you know, they come together to be development when players or, or, or people on Reddit or, or Twitch or something leave in the comment section, you know, oh, I, I can describe what I want to happen in one sentence. It's, it's so easy. <laughs> if, it, if it's not done yet, they must not want to do it. Like, they don't understand that, like... There's hundreds of pages of documentation unranked, just to throw it out there internally. And hundreds, not even hundreds of hours, there was... I mean, probably thousands of hours. We can employ an army of interpreters and and uh, and and designers and engineers for what it took to get this out the door. Because you know, in addition to everything Maynard's saying, I mean, we had the same arguments internally that the player base has, which is, what does it even mean to be good at this game? Which mode is the right mode? Um, I mean, clearly esports is a right mode, but what about other modes uh, like solo, which I'm sure we'll come back to. You know, solo is very popular. Uh, what about TPP? I mean, it's the most popular uh, way to play the game. So what about that? It's definitely not clear cut. There's not one simple answer for this stuff. It's not really a matter of how do you get to the correct answer. It's that there are so many correct answers and you need to find the one that is most closely aligned with the experience that you believe your players will enjoy and the direction that they want to go in. Um, we 
we must have thrown away or archived, I prefer to think, because of how much work I put into them, at least six fully designed rank systems. We're talking things like a seasonal circuit where you compete in a mini rank system several times and earn qualifications into like a later tournament thing, you know, all the way down to like what we have now in terms of complexity. Actually, there's a there's a version of this that uh, combined ranked play and normal play, which obviously for many reasons was a terrible idea, but it would have been nice from the uh, from the right. matchmaking queue perspective. It was the holy grail <laughs> of the engine of, of like the back end team, the platform team. They were like, if we can just if we can just let them play ranked on the normal queues, just like labs, why can't we do that? It's such a beautiful dream. The matchmaking would always work. It would be just like survival title, but better. And it's a very seductive dream. At that that point, it really is, like, not the game that I think a lot of our competitive players wanted to play. And, Corey, you mentioned really wanting to support the pro scene, that not only are you fans of it, but it's important. And so there's some kind of key feeling differences that kind of go into this conversation, like, you know, there's no vehicle hard spawns in ranked mode, but that's a key feature in the pro scene. Is that stuff that's planned? Is it just... Is that a place that we want to keep the randomness in the more casual ranked mode compared to pro scene? Like, why not just duplicate their settings? Well, there's two. So first, you know, you have to understand that, like, the majority of players have never played Super, for instance. And, you know, when this game came out, I mean, we were saying it's a survival, a version of like a survival game, right? So in survival, a lot of this randomness is the interesting thing. So there's still tons of players, tons of players who actually just play for that. So, you know, when we were bringing this out, we're also really introducing the sort of fair meta to people who have never played it anymore. And like I said earlier, we're introducing squad mode and we're actually even maybe encouraging, lightly encouraging FPP because that's the way that esports is played. Sorry, there was an ambulance jogging by my house. So I'll need to hear the question again. (laughs) (laughs) There's always something when podcasting, like someone forgets their phone. My water softener (laughs) is currently going off in the background, so it's fine. What what we were talking about, Maynard, was in supporting the competitive scene, but more than that was why are there differences between what the competitive scene is? Like hard vehicle spawns was the issue that I brought up. Like why isn't that in the ranked mode? And then Corrigan talked about the super settings for loot and circles and why maybe FPP is being favored in ranked right now just because it does kind of mirror the competitive scene. So that's where that's the line we were going down. What I want to make clear here is that ranked is not a shipped product. Ranked is a living system. And if you've played other competitive games, and I keep going back to the League example because it's like the world's most played game, you can expect there's regularly going to be updates to the balance of things, to the types of content that's in there. The maps might change. The weapons might change. You know, the vehicle hard spawns might change. The way the points for teams are calculated might change. In fact, you should expect these things because it's a rank system. And a rank system that doesn't challenge you, force you to adapt, reimagine how you play the game on a semi-regular basis is sort of stagnant. You, you sort of even need that sort of mixing up things on a seasonal or semi-seasonal basis in order to cause players to like adapt and grow. Otherwise, they might get stuck on the M4 and the Mini. Why would I ever learn any other gun? You know, suddenly the barrel is good now. Why don't you give that a shot? Like, that sort of thing. So, yes. Yeah, thanks for ruining the M4, Maynard. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me personally. I went down there and uh, just, you know, I didn't like it, you know. 
good gun, but looks kind of ugly to me, so Bale's a new sexiness. What can I say? Right. I also need more 6X spawns near me, by the way, so if you could get that done, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, we're educating players. Part of the job of this is to educate them what the esports meta is like. We want more people to be into esports. We love the pros. We love the pro scene. We want more people to be into it. But just the frank truth is most people had never tried it. We also ran several labs tests and... It was really hard from the data that we got from labs tests to see like overwhelming support for a certain type of settings. And I think as we went along, we kind of even figured out that that wasn't even exactly the most valuable data that we got out of labs. Uh, It was some of the balanced data as well, as well as maybe sparking the conversation about the settings. I think that was probably one of the most valuable things that internally came out of the labs test. Gotcha. But yeah, so it's really supporting the scene. And like Maynard said, it needs to evolve every single season and it will evolve. And so it's it's more like I think people should more look at the direction it's heading uh, as well as just the status of it today, because I think it's pretty clear. You know, we are definitely trying to take it more towards the esports settings. We want it to be a path to pro. That's a really important design consideration. So, you know, hopefully they can see the spirit of kind of of where we're taking them. And it's a conversation with players, too. You know, we are out there talking about this all the time. We are collecting feedback. But it's the typical problem with PUBG is that different people want different things. So the more time I think we have with the system, the more like people try it and the more sort of aligned people get on where it is today, that's actually going to make the conversation about where we take it for the future, like even more valuable and productive. Well, and and to be really clear, just so by the time you hear this episode or watch it on YouTube, whatever, we're talking about this seven days after ranked launch to public (laughs) use. And it was in the test server for a little while before that. And you know, hearing that it's a living, breathing thing, and you're referencing probably the most tweaked competitive game out there, League of Legends. But is there anything that's come up just in the first week of this that was surprising? Like, was is there any data that's come in that you guys are like, okay, well, we need to reprioritize this, or it's like really shocking, whether from Twitter feedback or Reddit or just something you're seeing in the backend data? Well, I'll throw one out. I mean... <laughs> Actually, I thought that the map selection choices were going to be a no-brainer because it's the ones from the esports uh, rule set. So, you know, they're super. But actually, we did get a lot of feedback about, you know, throw Sanuk out and bring in Vikendi, things like that. So some of that I thought was a little surprising. Is that global or just NA? It's hard to say. I mean, the players in some ways are more aligned globally on stuff like this than you would think. We, For instance, we set, we tend to see a lot of the same feedback actually from like the China team and the NA players. Uh, they play in a lot of similar ways. They they prefer TPP and maybe we're more split in NA. Uh, Europe prefers FPP. But in general, you know, the feedback on things like settings in this mode, I think a lot were the same. We totally expected the conversation about team ranking. We definitely expected the one about solos. What else, Maynard? Anything surprise you? Like today, we looked back at the, the first week numbers for some of the ranked data and the actual engagement rate of ranked far surpassed what we were expecting. It's actually kind of shocking. Yeah, that's true. We're talking in the like, if you're familiar with other games, competitive systems, like 10 to 20% of people play ranked, which is the number I quoted before, at least for this first week, you know, this could just be hype. But it's been in the like 30 plus percent range. It's kind of staggering. I don't know if we should expect it to stay that way. Probably it's going to level off somewhere more reasonable. But it's very exciting to see. Yeah, that's true. And especially if you look at the percentage of players that play it, uh, that are able to play it. 
you know, the average skill of a lot of players in the game is is not really as high as you'd think. And of course, you know, part of this is to help them level up. I mean, having a rank grind is a fun way to, to do that. But a very, very large number of players like don't even qualify just based on the survival level 20 requirement, which you can get after, what, 100 hours or something like that. Yeah, it's it's like five or 10 hours of play. Five or 10 hours, yeah. It's like five or 10 hours of play, but you would really think that intuitively, this is like a sort of too low barrier to entry, right? Like intuitively, you think, oh, there's 500 levels. Level 20 is very low. Couldn't someone make an account and then get into rank not too long? But actually, there's like a significant like 20, 30, 40% of players who are not level 20. And I'm talking daily active players, players who log in every day and play, not players who logged in once three months ago and haven't logged in again. It's clearly a, a bigger barrier than you would expect. I'm not sure off the top of my head for sure whether we'll evolve that level upwards to like 30 or 40 or 50 later on as players come online and, you know, a larger percentage of players, like 90% of players are above level 20. Um, maybe that's the way we'll go just as one more barrier to deter people making throwaway accounts. But uh, we couldn't go that high at first just because of how the raw number of players who are not, who are not even level 20. Yeah, which probably is a good transition to the bots conversation, by the way. I'm not going there yet, though, but I, I think it is a good time to say a couple of things. Um, I, I'm actually, let's let's table the transition to bots because it would be really easy to go there. And I think we'll open it back up on the heels of that sort of stat, that number of players that are actively playing that aren't at the 20 survival system. I love that. Uh, but you guys said a couple other things that there's a few things that have surprised me and, and I'm not actually surprised about the ranked and anybody that talked to me before this patch hit live, um, I haven't changed the way I've been talking about bots and ranked, I do believe it's some of the best changes you've made to the game. And for those of you that haven't seen or heard me before, I am primarily a solo player and I learned to play duos once the solo queues started to stagnate a little bit. So squads for me is probably my least preferred play mode in the game, but I have been loving ranked. And Again, this is the thing that it's cool that the data is showing for you guys. But personally, I look at it and say, having a team of players, I started out playing just soloing into random squads in ranked the first day it came out and had a couple of really nice finishes as a team, couple of top five placements, a couple of second place and having people randomly come together and going for the win, right? Everyone's trying to help and go for the win was really cool. But then also to take players and people that I've known for for a long time. We'll do memes on Sunday nights, but then we get into ranked mode and it's like, boom, sweatsuits are coming on. We're getting after it. Like we're going to prone out and go after some people. It's been really fun. And it's a feeling thing. It's a feeling of, you know what? The ranked system is really good. At least my opinion is that it's really good out of the gate because honestly, a ranked system should feel like you don't really notice it, right? You go through a 30-minute match, it's an awesome game, you win, you lose, or you get killed early, whatever, but if the rank system is right, you kind of click through it as fast as you possibly can to get into the next match because the gameplay is so good. So I hear that whatever the engagement number is, it's awesome to me that it's blowing your guys' expectations away, but having played it myself and then hearing people get excited about it doesn't surprise me. 
And so I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to be the hype that caused it. I don't know if it's people that are just wanting to try it. But I'm seeing people that were solo players, duo players that are now trying to learn squads. They're like, I got to go watch some, you know, videos on on the rotations, what things are called, how to manage the circle and rotations and all this stuff. So I'm seeing the same thing, but from the player side. Yeah, I do think it's great that um, squads definitely brings a whole nother element to the game. I mean, I'm not saying uh, anything that's bad about solos or duos. I mean, we have a ton of solo duo players and we love that mode too, but squads definitely brings a whole different, you know, kind of meta. I mean, the team play aspect of it is is the best part. So, it's, you know, it's just, it's fun to have a squad. It's fun to rank up together. It's fun to do well together. Um, and I think, you know, we, we actually have seen also an increase in the number of squads being, being put together and played, which, which ultimately is really good. I mean, for any game, like, what makes you want to play it? The people you play with, you know, for the most part. <laughs> so it's it's a it's a really strong thing to see happening from a health perspective, you know, for the game. Things are things are going pretty good lately. Right. Let's hit that though, because I, I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't come in with the biggest concern, you know, from that solo and duo player group. And, you know, it's it's squad only right now, right? So ranked is squads only. But there's a very significant number of players that were solo only, whether it's because they were content creators or that's just the way they fell in love with the game. And I can attest to that, right? I was brought to this game by a squad, you know, the guys that I game with on basically every game and we rotate around all the time and I hit PUBG and it was just the end for me. That's where this is where I stayed and they moved on. So then I fell in love with the game over years playing solo. But then there's also duos, right? There's guys that also agree with your same sentiment about team play being the best way to experience this game, or it's widely accepted as one of the best ways to play this game. So they dug into duos because the teamwork with another person is really good. So I guess the questions related to all that that I want to ask are, is there plans for solo or duo or both ranked mode to come in? Is that possible? Or or what are the thoughts around that? Because, you know, again, we're going to talk about bots. That was something that is really geared towards new players to give them something to do and how to learn the game. And then ranked mode is to give veterans or new players that thing to say, hey, here's how you can get good at the game, really good at the game and potentially look at the pro scene. So we've kind of got this laddering effect, but it's for brand new players and squad players and then the solo and duo, you know, veterans or content creators kind of got left out. So kind of curious on the thoughts there. Right. I just want to preface this first, and then, Brian, you can jump in if you want. At the start of this, I want to make it very clear. So, Jin, who couldn't be here, is the other, is the other game designer on Ranked. On Mastery, we've worked together on several projects where we are really in sync. The two of us together, we built Ranked from the ground up, several times over. Jin and I both are 100% at our core solo players. We really, 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 really wanted and still want solos or duos in Ranked. It's something that has always been in our minds. It's the optimal way for us, the designers of the rank system, to play Ranked. However, it all comes down to what's best for players, what can the queues support, what is the actual experience, what will it be like in reality, and not just in our minds of what we're imagining how great it would be. All, all the actual practical world questions are what determine whether we're going to have solos and what form it'll take. There's no underlying bias here that rank should only be for squads, at least in the minds of us. We can end the podcast now. I mean, that's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's not much to add to that. I mean, you know, it's like if we had to pick, of course, squads 
was the one to pick because, as I said, we also have to support the pro scene. And it would have been absolutely crazy from a player perspective to bring on a ranked mode that was solo only, for instance. That would have been crazy. Um, but at least when it came to squads, people could understand, well, you know, of course, they're trying to reinforce esports. And, you know, we did make sure you could play as a solo squad, uh, etc. But, you know, we understand that, you know, those players are at a huge disadvantage. For a lot of people, that's really fun because it's even harder. But for a lot of people, that's that's not fun. And so, you know, we know that's been a challenge for some of the content creators specifically. And we are talking to these guys, but the design of one feature is kind of, you could look at that and then you could step back and you could say, but then there's all these other things being designed too. And so for instance, you know, one of them is things like uh, the bots, right? And how we're going to bring bots in and layer them in. Then there's things like, uh, you know, ping lock, which we'd like to be able to bring out. Of course, that's been being screamed out. But uh, we also have all these matchmaking cues to deal with. And uh, there was a a great post by our friend player IGN the other day on Twitter or Reddit. I don't remember where he said, look, I don't know if you guys understand. This is the number of matchmaking cues in this game versus other popular BR games. And he's absolutely right. And I wrote back, welcome to my nightmare, because that is our nightmare. You know, we really, really, really should. I mean, in retrospect, we probably wouldn't have brought them all out. Maybe we would have, you know, at the time you want to deliver what you can given the player base, but sure wish in some ways we could reverse some of that today. And if we could do that, then it makes a lot of other things possible. So, you know, we just had to make some decisions. Uh, ranked had to be FPP and TPP. And again, I want to say, I, I mean, similar to Maynard's statement, there's no bias for or against, you know, TPP or FPP on, on the design team either. You know, it's, it's about that experience. And there are just a ton of TPP players, and we don't want them to feel like they're taken any less seriously than the FPP players, because they're absolutely not. And Frankly, they outnumber the FPP players. So, um, you know, it, that's the same issue with that one. But uh, we just had to make a tough decision and it's just what it came down to it. And sometimes, you know, you just got to make a call like this. Adding four new queues in every single region just just was not, you know, something that we felt comfortable with. Because as Maynard said, there's the number of players who can play ranked. And then there's the number of players who then choose to play ranked who can play ranked. You know, that's broken down further into who wants to play TPP versus FPP. And then if we also offer a solo mode, you know, that would have been four new queues. And, you know, we didn't really even know what the adoption would be. So, you know, we really had no way to even estimate how many people would play. So the last thing we want to do is bring out a mode where, you know, you have to queue for two hours to get into a game. I mean, that's just not fun. And then it gets a reputation for having a long queue, then nobody plays it. And then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it'll just be a dead queue forever. So, you know, these are real decisions. It really helps to know as well here that if you break down the percentage of players who primarily play solos, duos, or squads, the players who play squads vastly outnumber the players who play solos and duos. This isn't to say that the players who play squad receive preference in getting a ranked mode because of this. This is to say that the safest possible bet to see whether a ranked mode could work at all would be to see if the queues were healthy with squads. Because if the queues were not healthy with squads, there's no way they'd be healthy for solos or duos ever. But the queues are very healthy for squads. So it's one of those situations where like, you know, I mean, how do we resolve that problem? Well, we make some tough decisions and remove some of the normal cues, maybe. But, you know, we also uh, launch the safest thing we can. We get a bunch of data. It gets a bunch of momentum. Uh, we can always make changes, just like Maynard said earlier. It will evolve season by season. But also, it's like the support of players is what ultimately allows this stuff to happen. You know, so if players can get behind it. And that's that's not like boycott ranked because it doesn't have solo. It's like, no, go play ranked. We know if you're playing as a solo or a duo, go play ranked, rank up. Right. It's just sort of an extreme example, but just just say for, for the sake of theoretical argument <laughs> that we looked back at the end of Season 7 at the population data of players and how they queue, 
and there were enough players playing solo squads that they could get matches in solo, that would be like an ironclad argument to open solo queues. Easy way to bring out That's a ridiculous assertion because of how much harder the solo squads are. But just think about that. If every single player who was so dedicated to squad, to, to solos, played solo squads, they could almost like force us to open solos by playing that way. But by actively boycotting the game, that, that drastically diminishes the chances, like for obvious reasons, why we'd open a solo. These game. things are usually the exact opposite of the way players assume they are. <laughs> yeah, and I guess that that sort of mindset, though, is the like the spreadsheet junkie in me screams out, right? Because it's really easy to be like, well, if everyone's queuing solo squads, we'd have to do something about it. But when squad only got released, like the solo player likes to play solos and probably doesn't like to play solo squads. It's a totally different experience. So like that one's hard for me because I don't think anyone's going to do that. I, I hear the point you're trying to make, but if I like solos, that I don't like squads. So I like shooting one person and knowing they're going to die. And the, the way you play solo is so different from squads, right? Because you knock somebody, now the rest of the team knows where you are. It's a totally different dynamic. So I hear you. I don't see the player base in solos doing that because... They like to play solo. They don't play well with other people. So they're not going to band up to get, to get this oh, done. Oh, of course not. I'm one of those <laughs> players too. Uh, I, I wasn't trying to say that this is the requirement to open a solo queue. It's obviously a ridiculously over-conservative over example. It's sort of a thing where you're wondering whether your house needs to be bigger, and, and then you have Godzilla living there, and he's poking through the roof, and it's like, well, I mean, just prima facie, obvious, obviously, like, it's way too big. You need a new house. Like, that's the sort of thing that would happen if, like, there were so many solo squads players. It's, uh, it's, it's clearly, like, not what's going to happen. That's, right. That'd be crazy. It sort of sets, like, a, a ridiculous edge case of, well, if we hit that point, some point earlier than that would be the reasonable point, right? But where that is, that becomes a very fuzzy sort of half feel, half statistics, you know, community sentiment discussion. And that's kind of where I wanted to get, though, because I guess for the people that are passionate about this, it can be really challenging not to sound whiny and negative, but to also give constructive criticism. But when the mode doesn't exist, it's hard to give the constructive side. So I guess the things that I keep hearing and seeing out there that I kind of want to float to you guys is I don't think it's an and situation that people want. I don't think people want squads and duos and solos. I really do think where most people are migrating having played it for a week is that they would like squads and another option, whether it's solo or duo, right? And I've heard people say, well, duos ranked would be great because it preserves the competitive teamwork aspect of squads, but it's easier to queue into finding one other person to play with versus getting three people. And then there's people that would say, say, well, solo is the true battle royale experience. It's me versus everybody else and I have to survive. So if we were going to create a mode, it would be nice to have one without bots that was a true battle royale mode. But again, I'm not discounting the need for the queue support, having enough people being able to play it. It's not like we need all of these different systems. We need maybe one more. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> Right, all these queues, they have distinct pros and cons, right? You go down a list of them. One more for solos, for example, would be the argument that it doesn't have another person in it, period. And you can say that duos preserves the, the knock and down aspect, and solos, maybe you don't want that. Maybe I want a kill as a kill as a kill. I don't want to deal with 
sniping somebody in the head from 400 meters and they fall behind a tree and now I can't kill them. You know, that's just a pro for that guy. But uh, maybe for the other guy, he wants the safety net of knowing, oh, if I get randomly headshot, like I still have a chance as long as I'm positioned well, my team can revive me, right? So there, like, there, there's no true right answer there. It's just a preference answer. <laughs> yeah. And of course, obviously, we love to give everybody everything, but that's the interesting part about design is we operate under constraints, you know, and the constraints are dictated by, at least in this case, the number of people playing. So can I, I guess the, the final question I would ask in that line is, are we getting solo? <laughs> Personally, that would be the one that I really like, but I can also see the constraints of solo. So even as a primarily solo player, I actually look towards duo as potentially the better model because it gets people prepared for squads, meaning you've got to find someone else to play with or... The solo player, I think, has a much easier time queuing into a ranked duo as a solo duo, because if you get a knock on somebody, you've created another 1v1, and which is much different when there's three alive. So I can argue it both ways. I mean, again, Maynard, you made the point that we can weigh the pros and cons all day long, but the development of it, what I'm hearing you say, you can't live in the, you know, you can't live in the weighing of the issues. At some point, you either have to do something or choose not to. So I also respect right. that. Not doing anything is also a choice. Yeah. We were actually just having this exact discussion yesterday because we're uh, currently trying to make a recommendation and, you know, or come up with a plan really. And uh, we heard the same feedback from every region about solos. I did hear it's a, it's a little interesting that uh, I think in North America and, and Europe, like a lot of our streamers play solo, but I know in different countries, a lot of our streamers play squad mode actually, because maybe they tend to like have a normal squad they play with. So mm -hmm. some of that issue about the streamers is like an additional pressure that I think we feel in in sort of North America and, and Europe that maybe sure. other regions don't have too. It's sort of a strange like aspect of PUBG around the world is that over in in the East, our streamers and our our like our players tend to view squads as like the serious mode because it's what esports is. And they almost sort of I don't want to say they hold solos in contempt, but it's sort of like solos is where you go for them to play around and experiment and be wacky with things. And squads is where you go to be serious. Whereas over here in, in NA and EU, it's sort of the opposite. You have like the people who play really seriously solos. And then when they want to get the, get the squad together and, and everyone go jump a motorbike off a cliff and see who lives, like if that <laughs> squad is for us to have fun over here. So it's just a totally different take on things. So I guess, and I agree, right? Because I've done both, right? There's times where solo, I'll go do crazy stuff. But then, you know, my only regularly scheduled like stream is Sunday night memes in a squad on PUBG. That's when I do that. And that's how it's always been. And now it's changed a little bit with ranked. So I guess my question is this, as a player or, you know, whether content creator, someone who plays solo, someone who has a duo partner, that that's all they play. How does somebody that believes in adding another ranked mode, whether it's solo or duo, how do they get that feedback back? Because it, we can't do it by playing squads that, I mean, over supporting squads. And if we're blowing expectations away and supporting the squad mode, that that's great, but it's for squad mode. So is there something that we can be doing to get more um, light shined on that? And I, you know, when I hear you saying you're looking to make a recommendation, I'm reading between the lines there to say, well, that means you're making a recommendation. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say first off, like, 
we do hear everybody super loud and clear on this one. And there's a lot of data points too, because there's also the data point of, you know, how many people who have historically primarily played, you know, maybe mostly solo or duo are playing more squad games now than ever, you know? So, so there's that data point too, which is interesting because, you know, they're, they're getting a whole new aspect of the game. So we're looking at that as well, but this is going to be one of those ones that is just honestly a hard call. One of the shortcuts we could take that we're, that we're thinking about, but is difficult at the moment is it's possible to do it differently by region. That also has its own challenges, right? Because uh, you don't, you know, we go back to the san- sanctity of the rank system, which as Maynard said, is, is, is right in front of our mind all the time. And, you know, we want people who say that I'm a gold ranked PUBG player, you know, or silver or master tier anywhere you go to be able to be held with that same level of regard by, by other players who know what it takes to be that rank. We, we can't lose sight of that along the way if we do it differently by region, even though in some ways that might be, you know, immediately what the players want long term, it might not be the best thing for the rank mode. And Maynard, do you want to add anything to that? Uh, I mean, yeah. Come on, Maynard. Yeah, I'm not really sure what point to bring here, if I'm being totally honest. It's, it's, it really, yeah. If you're asking what can you do as a player to signal which rank mode you would prefer, the answer I'm going to give you is going to be a very boring one. It's going to be, you need to show up and play the bot mode version of the game (laughs) in the perspective that you want to play ranked in. Because at the end of the day, what ranked means is that we're taking that bot mode and we're cutting it into maybe a third, maybe a half, and sticking part of it in bot mode and part of it in ranked. And if the ranked size is not going to be large enough that the queues can work, that breakoff is never going to happen. So is it an exciting answer? No. But it, realistically, there needs to be enough players for the queues to pop. Sure. So let me ask this, right? And again... I'm not a game designer, I'm not a developer, but you guys have done some really cool stuff on the test servers. There's always room to test things. So is it too dangerous or is it something you could do to say, hey, we have the ranked algorithm working for squads. It's not perfect for duos or solos, but we would like to test out to see how it would work. Is it too risky for you guys to like open the mode up or does it require so much coding that you'd actually have to make the decision ahead of time? And I realize we may be getting way too in the weeds here, but it's like, I'm in a spot where as a veteran player, I look at ranked as just being this amazing thing that I I had questions about, honestly. And now I'm like, I'm DMing everybody on my Discord trying to figure out (laughs) who who wants to play ranked tomorrow night, you know? And so, uh, again, that might be too in the weeds, but is it something that's testable? Does it require too much backend to move the, you know, ranking algorithm over to one of those other modes? I'm going to give an answer that is... It has two aspects to it. You'll have to take them as you will, I guess. One is, yes, Labs is fully capable of operating under a separate queue and tied to the skill-based rating algorithm. We did the work for this, actually. We were going to launch an additional Labs test before the launch of Ranked that integrated the skill-based rating system that we had updated, the one that showed up in the final launch. That was different than the previous one with the game mode settings that we launched with. We were going to do this test so that we could see how they work together and see if that magic that you actually did feel of players playing seriously because they cared about ranked mixing with the game settings created the experience that we wanted to. We ended up not shipping it. There's a variety of reasons behind that but that mostly come down to uh, production is hard and there wasn't not enough time. But we did the work. It's definitely possible. Um, so if we wanted to and we decided that it would be helpful, we could launch a, a labs event 
uh, at some point in the weekend where we had a solo mode with the eSports settings and see how many people showed up. That's definitely possible. Unfortunately, this is the part that you're probably not going to like. Uh, that type of work, that takes months to set up. And the start of Season 8, the amount of time it takes to prepare the builds for Season 8, those are pretty much going to be set soonish. So even if we did something like that, we're talking Season 9 if we use that as a plan for building a solo. Because first we'd have to run the test in labs, and then we'd have to make a decision, and then we'd have to port it into the next season, which would be, yeah, nine. That's not an answer I don't like. And again, selfishly, I was wanting the clarification for it, because it's what all of these conversations, when you talk to a single other person who's a solo player or a duo player, they all boil down to is like, hey, man, ranked is awesome. But man, I miss duos or man, I miss solos. But the right now, the push, the hype, everything is towards ranked squads. So even all the guys that were solo and duo players that I ran into all the time, and we've got these little mini rivalries, we're all playing ranked and we're playing ranked together, which is interesting as well. To your point, Corrigan, is that it's really forcing, not forcing, but it's recommending to people to play differently. And I think a lot of people are enjoying it, which is really cool, but it could potentially have more enjoyment in their mode of choice as well. So that timing thing isn't something that I don't like hearing it for me personally, and I'm not sure that the community is going to react negatively to that as well. I would hope not. I think there's a reality to it, and that's the piece that I love finding out. And again, I appreciate being able to sit here and talk to you live about it, because as soon as you bring up like, well, I wonder what that would actually take. I don't know, but I'm curious. I assume it's not something you could just flick a switch on, but knowing that it would take months is super interesting to me. Now, here's the interesting part. I'm going to give you a spot of hope here. Because the actual answer is we could flip a switch and turn it on. We actually did devise the skill-based rating algorithm to work for solos. We did do the work to set up all the interface and the UI and all this other stuff for solos as well. We could do it. The specific question you asked, though, was could we do a community-run test to have the community provide their vocal playing feedback that they want to have solos, which we could then use to make a decision and then launch a solo mode? And that's the question I answered. It would take till season nine to do it like that. <laughs> but basically he's saying we could YOLO it for season eight. The problem is that <laughs> if you wanted to YOLO it and yeah. just be like, well, we're launching ranked solos, turn the cues on, let's see if they crash and burn, you know, go for it. Like if we were going to be that reckless and maybe we are going to be, like, who, who knows, right? But if we wanted to roll the dice, we have done the legwork to do it. And what it comes down to is, can we convince everyone involved that rolling these dice is a good idea. And when it comes time to roll them, do we still think it's a good idea? <laughs> Are we willing to take that risk? Are we willing to take that risk not for us, but for our players? Because for the players, if we open the solo cues and they're not ready and they don't work and we have to pull them back, that's going to hurt them as much as it'll hurt us. Yeah. Imagine what that feels like, right? You get one week of popping solo cues and then we get two weeks in and it doesn't get the adoption that everyone's hoping for. The rank season is effectively over a week and a half in, right? Yeah. That's the real pain here. That's the real pain point. And people are screaming at us going, you know, what did you guys do? This doesn't make any sense. I can't play. I can't play. And, you know, we don't want anyone to have a bad experience like that. We sort of so. saw this with the the labs test we ran called the, PG, the PGC test, right? Yep. October 2019. Things happened, uh, TLDR, it had the red zone in it. And because it had the red zone in it, no one played. <laughs> Unfortunately, this painted a very negative image of the literal esports settings if we were going to argue to have literal esports settings in the launch because it's easy to look at the numbers and go, look, you had the exact settings plus the red zone. And then 
<laughs> it didn't work. And then we have to be like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You snuck that red zone in there. Nobody told you to do that. Yep. Um, and it just created this whole situation where players saw that we had launched the PGC settings and it didn't work. And then there was this conspiracy amongst the players that we had purposefully tanked the settings so that now we could say, well, we tried it and you didn't like it. Guess no esports mode for you. And for months, that was the conversation, right? The dangerous risk of launching this a solo queue or a duo queue before they're healthy or ready is we have to turn them off early. And then players think that we have like tested it, decided it doesn't work, and it's gone forever. And it's not coming back, which would just probably not be the case. It would probably be shelved until we felt we had a way to do it that was sustainable. But it would probably kill all hype forever for us actually launching a solo mode. Yeah. And for what it's worth, absolutely zero of those conspiracy theories are ever true. And, you know, we get these internally and we're just like, you will not believe what they're saying today. And, you know, it's like, why would we ever sabotage the thing we love most in the world? You know, professionally, I suppose. But, you know, the th- <laughs> one of the things we love most in the world, the thing we've dedicated our entire lives to for years. Years in the making. Why would we ever do that? <laughs> but there's always these funny conspiracy theories. And I mean, just again, the boycott ones are honestly the ones that send the exact opposite signal every time because. We look at the data and we're like, well, nobody played it. So uh, it's not like we're going to improve it. It's like, it just didn't work. Let's go do something completely different. That only makes sense if you pair it with the sentiment attached to it and the knowledge of that this boycott even existed, which is impossible to quantify and uh, is not consistent around the world. So, you know, that is never a good signal. Like we can't use that as designers. Right. I'm trying to like battle my internal like just yolo it guys uh, we're, we're kind of there with you some days i mean I'm, i wouldn't say we haven't had this exact conversation like we just need to do it but if we just do it we have to do it with the full knowledge that this is a real danger uh or you know we could do it with like i don't know like adding more bots to to the normal solo mode or something like that to even stronger push people over there you know it's like the danger we can sit here and we will we will draw aggro from the community. We will tank that negative sentiment. We will do it, right? We're here for the players, right? We will tank that aggro as necessary in order to deliver the experience that we want them to have, yeah. that they will enjoy. What we really don't want to do is force them to eat a, a mistake we made in the form of we gave them something and their heart opened up in excitement and then we took it away and now like they're, they're hurt because of it. We don't want to be the ones that do that. And that's what will happen if we roll these dice and they fail. Of course, the promise, the ever-distant utopia, is that we roll the dice and it works, and it's all amazing. And I love that. Maybe it'll happen, but it's it's really, really scary. Not for us, but for the players. And you have to understand, launching rank mode period was a bit of that for us, sure. right? Because we don't know what the adoption's going to be. So we're really happy with the numbers, but I mean, even launching an additional two cues into the game right now is extremely dangerous, so... Yeah, You know, I mean, obviously we couldn't do that even until the bots were in, for example. That's what made it possible. I guess the only thing I would add to it is I recognize the risk. I like the way you framed it. The thing I would add, though, is, you know, I was normally, you know, six months ago, I had most of my playtime during primetime NA, right? So it would have been 8.30 p.m. Central Time until midnight, right? That's when I played most of the time. So all the queues are stacked. I could play whatever I wanted, etc., my playtime switched to where sometimes I was playing in the morning or sometimes I'm playing in the early afternoon. I don't put it on PUBG that I can't queue into a solo match 
in the morning. There's also a piece of it that, well, yeah, I think you're right that it could be you're looked at putting it in and then pulling it away. I don't look at solo queue being dead in the morning NA time as something that you did or the company did or something wrong with it. It's there's not enough players right now for this to launch. Maybe I think you're too nice, Mike. Well, imagine you're a new player downloading the game for the first time and you load it up and you're hanging out by yourself because you don't have a squad and you don't have anyone to play with and you queue for solo and it says 50 minutes. Boom, game dead on install. Right. So the, the issue here, the player experience issue is not that you code a queue and it doesn't work. The issue is that you will note in your head, okay, 7 a.m., queues don't work. Tomorrow you'll try at 8. But because you didn't queue at 7, the queues are deader. Maybe 8 fails because enough people don't queue at 8, and then you queue at 9. And then eventually, only in like these very concentrated primetime hours is it even possible. And if everyone had just had just played... If they had just played normally, the cues would work. This is actually a thing that's happened to us so many times. Yeah. Player psychology, waiting timers, uh, trying to concentrate players in a certain hour. It just, it actually causes a death spiral that will kill a cue. That's a problem, right? When you have enough players who want to play, you know, like you have enough players who want to play Miramar, but none of them pick Miramar and map select because they're all confident that no one's going to queue into Miramar. And so 200 players who could have played don't because they, they pick a different map because they just assume it's not going to work. Yeah, that's why games show things like the number of people in queue or the likely waiting time. And yeah, matchmaking right. is all about psychology. <laughs> we actually right, but saw if a I lot cancel of cancel and queue back up, it's instant, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a whole there there is a reason for that. That is a whole other thing. Um, that is not my can of worms to get into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I was saying it facetiously because <laughs> yeah. there's that mindset of like, oh, I've been in queue for a minute and then I hit cancel and I get right in. You know, it's that false positive of, right. oh, right. well, it worked this time, so I should try that every time. Like, I, again, and the more people that cancel, the worse it gets. That's right. exactly so you right. Actually, yeah. You actually see this, the inverse effect of this in FPP queues now that have bots. You'll see queues that previously would have to start with 20 or 30 real players or not start at all at various times in various regions with various different team sizes in, in FPP. They just would not start because players knew those queues were slow or they wouldn't start. And so even though they wanted to, they didn't. But now that we have bots in there, the matches are guaranteed to start. You'll always get a match. So at the start of the launch of the patch, we added bots. Yes, lots of the matches that were FPP had lots of bots in them. However, once players started to realize that no matter when they queued, it would always start, the queues started to fill up more and more with real players. And now we have FPP queues with 60, 70, 80% players, where before... And they just would not start, or they, or they would start with almost nobody. And it's because of that confidence that when you hit Q, it will play. It's a very real self-reinforcing effect, and it goes <laughs> both ways. Unfortunately, well, I mean, fortunately, there's no, there's no bots in ranked. So this effect only works against us in this case. And I think, I mean, just it's just this is just speaking as my personal opinion, I guess. But I think for right now... The different configurations per region is possibly something to do, uh, is, is possibly a way to go. I mean, th there's challenges there in and of itself. Like I said before, it's not exactly the direction we love, but that's actually, you know, I, I think that's a, a possibility. Right. Okay. There are design options here. Yeah. There, there, there is more possible than just turn the cues on, see what happens, right? Yeah. There are ways that we could hedge our bets, play it safe, do what we can to support these modes if we felt that it would work and be healthy and it would help our players out. So we could, for example, 
open only on weekends, right, for solos. Play squads all week, tune in on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and you can only play solo ranked on those days. Then those players might, if they all concentrated their power together combined into the weekends, they might Voltron together and form a solo rank queue. Yeah. And that's, that's a possibility. That's one of the things you could do. And then say those queues pop really hard on the weekends. They always pop. The solo queues run the entire time. Then maybe we go, what if we ease it back to Thursday to Sunday? And then if Thursday also starts to be really regularly healthy, you back it into Wednesday a little bit. And before you know it, it's possible that you have a full week open queue. It's one of the directions we could take. Yeah. But again, you still, even if you try it that way, you run the risk that maybe there's players, they don't understand that it's only open on weekends. You know, are they aware ranking even exists for solos because it's not there when they play? Maybe they only play on Wednesdays uh, and they don't play on weekends ever. So it doesn't hit the mark. Like, yeah, there's not a way to make everybody happy in design ever. We only get to like take one swing at it for the biggest effect. So you want to really guess correctly. Yeah, and I kind of asked that question, maybe assuming some of that, but I appreciate the back end because it's really easy to think or say or read somewhere on the internet that, oh, the game's been out this long, like, why can't they just do this, <laughs> you know? And it's good to know, I guess for me personally, the the player experience, like, how can I help it? And it's And it's things like what cues are up using the tools that are in the game. So I appreciate that response because it's, it's not exactly clear how this moves forward, I think from our end and from yours. So it's it's cool to kind of hear what's going into that decision. I mean, we don't want to paint that discussion like it's some sort of technical barrier. I mean, the honest truth is we could probably do any one of those things without a problem. The problem is we can't do every one of those things because then there's a lot of problems. And so, you know, having conversations like this or even the one we had like last time about, you know, what does it mean to be good at the game? I mean, you know, we we have officially sort of solved that problem with with ranked going live, for instance, that's one down. But, you know, these these types of conversations have to happen. There needs to be more of them. I know we've been actually in 144 characters having a lot more of them on Twitter lately. We'd like to have more of them on Reddit. It's, it's a little tough to have these types of conversations sometimes on Reddit. You know, we've been having a lot in our Discord lately, too. So, you know, we're trying to get out there and talk about this stuff. It really needs to be a conversation because we want to take it in a way that the players want to go. But players have to realize that, like, their very strong opinion is not everyone's strong opinion. <laughs> you know, sure. we hear people say all the time that, like, PUBG is this. It's clearly this. And then, like, you know, three tweets later, nope, PUBG is that. It's clearly that. And, and it's, it's not one thing. It's just like you've said tonight. Uh, it's just not one thing to all people. Yeah. That's a challenge for us. Even if you just go on the official like the English-speaking Reddit for PUBG console and, and PC, um, you go in there and you so much as thumbs up a video by somebody who's a TPP player, and that's it. You are you are persona non grata. Like, yeah. prepare to be downvote bombed to oblivion. You know, because to the players on Reddit, TPP players either don't exist or aren't worth talking about. Yeah. And if you try and be like, no, no, like a massive amount of players play TPP, it's a legitimate mode, like you'll get pitchforked out of there for having fun the wrong way. (laughs) For having fun the wrong way. And that's it. Like, that's not our job to tell them they're wrong. And then there's the thought of, if you just take TPP ranked mode away, they'd play FPP when the answer is probably no. That's maybe some of them just because they really want to play ranked would, but probably not the majority of them. And that's a pretty not cool way to go about things. So you gotta you gotta gather your sentiment from a lot of the places. Well, and I see that in FPP too, because there's people that are extremely good at the game, people that I've played with, and they only play squads, 
But there's people that they regularly play with that don't like the competitive or super communicative type of play. They'd rather have good banter and have fun. And they have yet to queue for a ranked match because of that. And so taking just thinking like, oh, hey, if you remove this or you push them in a direction, they're definitely going to go play. I I don't think that's true. Yeah. Because there's players that I know would do really well in ranked, but they'll never go. They don't want to. That's not their preferred method. So they're not going to do it. So even though you added the ranked mode to FPP squads, not every FPP squad player is going to go play ranked. Yep. Right. Exactly. In fact, 90% of them usually don't. It's not our job to tell them that their fun is wrong. You know, (laughs) if they're playing and they're having fun, I mean, you know, we make a a video game. We take it very seriously, but you know, it's it's good that people are having fun in their own way. That's Reddit's job. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that I'll have something else come up regarding ranked as we move into the second part of this discussion, but I really want to give my sort of high level thought process on the releasing of both ranked and bots as we moved into the bot conversation. And again, maybe this is a conspiracy theory, but I've been saying this for a long time and anybody that's listened to the show or listened to me talk on stream or whatever, they're going to know that I talk about this a lot. But I look at your releasing of ranked and bots at the same time as being actually a brilliant move. And I'll say it again, I think it's a brilliant move because not only are you creating something for the new player to actually latch on to, the person who doesn't connect with a lot of shots or any, if ever, who's dropped into 20 games and never gotten a kill, they can now join the game that is very hard to get into initially and have a progression into actually playing the game. At the same time, you launch something for the veteran players to latch onto and something that could support a massive influx of players. And I always look at the health of a game long term as the ability to attract the new player and have something for them to progress into. So the reason I lay this framework out is I see getting the bots and that system better and moving it towards progressing a player into potentially playing ranked as the ultimate system for going free to play. And I don't know if we can talk about that tonight or if that's it, but it's it's what I believe in is that being able to attract new players is key and having the progression from brand new player all the way up to hardcore casual and professional is critical. And I look at the move of launching both of these at the same time as being basically the building blocks to what that could become. So I'll just flat out ask it up front. Is that even if it's not something you can respond to officially, is is that a dream? Is it on the table? Has it ever been discussed? Like it hits so well for the new player and for the veteran player that it's just like my mind makes it mash together. Yeah, I mean, the the specifics of the free to play thing is hard to comment on. (laughs) But you know, I mean, we've said for a long time, like we want this game to be around for a long time. And I mean, you know, I mean, we're continuing to invest a significant amount of of resources into it every day. I mean, we reinvest everything in the game. This is what we love to do. We want to see it stick around. You know, you can imagine that that obviously we've talked through all of that stuff. And um, again, if this comes out next week, you know, you'll see our first free to play weekend on Steam actually is going to be next weekend. So at that point, we're, we'll have a free to play weekend on Steam. We're going to have a 50% off sale on Steam uh, the same weekend. We're doing a whole bunch of promotions all weekend, trying to get a lot more people in the game. There's never going to be like a better time to go bring a squad, try ranked mode, you know, level up with bots. It's level up with the training system. Like it's, it's going to be really fun. We're becoming slowly kind of heading that way on almost all platforms. So, you know, like on Xbox, we're with the Game Pass, we're free. Stadia, you guys saw how we launched with Stadia. So, you know, we are trending that way, but I don't think it's anything we're, we're planning to do right away. Okay. As far as bots specifically, you know, I guess like Maynard and, and Jin 
and I sort of have like laughed over and over again. We had the saying we said for a long time, we were like, bots aren't a silver bullet for new users, but they're damn near close. And, you know, I mean, PUBG Mobile has been one of the most successful uh, Battle Royale games ever. And yes, it's mobile. And yes, it's more casual. We totally understand that. We're not trying to make the PC game or the console game into the mobile game. I don't want to say that. But, you know, there's just a lot you have to learn to be good at this game. And, you know, people say, why didn't we just put bots in the training ground? Well, because we need you on the real map. We need you to learn map awareness and the names of towns. And, you know, we need you, we need you out there shooting a gun in real situations. Uh, we need you to understand how to loot and what armor is. It's nearly impossible to even consider how to build a system to train new users for all of this information. You know, and you just really have to play. And a lot of the people out there who are playing now, I mean, they've been playing for thousands of hours. They they can't remember what it's like to be a new player, you know, grinding your way up while we were still, you know, in alpha or beta. You know, these guys were around from the very beginning or even the games before PUBG. There's just still a lot to learn. And, you know, in some ways, I think like personally, I think that's held us back a little bit because we're still like a very hard game to learn. But that's one of those things where, you know, we talk about things we aren't going to compromise that that's not that's on the list. We like that's not something we're going to compromise. Bots. It was less important exactly how skilled they were, and it was more important that we could get them out there to uh, give the new players like a softer landing. You know, they they have side benefits. They're great for keeping cues together. They're great for making sure games can happen all the time. Like Maynard said, you know, you can now play uh, solo FPP at 7 a.m. You know, it, it might not be with with uh, a full complement of, of players, but you can go play. And that's great because before you couldn't. <laughs> so that is an improvement. Um, the fact that you can even play. Big challenge for us has been getting people kind of over that initial learning hump. And uh, it is just like really, really, really hard. So uh, we have seen uh, in the data, we've seen a lot of improvement, I think, in the new player situation. So, you know, we get new players every single day um, and we can measure, you know, how long they stick around how many games it takes them to get to a certain skill level with a gun, because we have the mastery system now, we can track that. You know, how long it takes them now to maybe transition into ranked, we can track that too. Having this available is really a silver bullet, you know, for a lot of new player issues. And, you know, another thing people have asked is like, why don't you do it offline? Why can't I play just myself and customs with 99 bots? Well, we also don't want to make an easy way for, for hackers to be in there training hacking tools either. So, you know, we need to be careful with some of this stuff. Interesting. Okay. That actually, I hadn't even considered that before. Is that some of the reason for the random spawning nature of the bots? Because that's one of the things that gets criticized in this early implementation is like, you know, when a bot spawns in behind you. <laughs> and again, this is totally biased from a veteran player's point of view, right? If a bot spawns in behind me, especially in like solos or something and <laughs> starts shooting at me and I have to kill it and give away my position, veteran problems, I get it. Yeah. But is that part of the reason that the randomness is in there is so that they can't really be, you can't train against them? Actually, what, you don't like ninja bots? <laughs> Ninja I bots. think they're hilarious. From my perspective, it's hilarious. When you get into the <laughs> into like a mid-game like rotation situation, then you hear the bot shooting at you and it's like, oh no, I gotta kill this guy, and then the guy that I'm rotating around is gonna hear me. It's it's rough sometimes, but I don't see it as being a huge deal. It's sort of just kind of <laughs> it's just it's it's funny to me. Yeah. They do some really dumb things. So disclaimer, like I'm not on the anti-cheat team or the bot team. I, I can't 100% tell you the exact reasons why bots behave the way they do right now. Um, I can tell you that it has nothing to do with anti-cheat. Yeah. Almost certainly, without maybe leaking too much, I guess, uh, the bots are 
in a state where they are working towards being smarter in a variety of ways. This is just the current state of bots because we need to have bots. The bots, they're going to level up too. They're going to grow. Um, you're going to see better bots. Um, I, I don't just mean will form bots that have a higher aim hack like integer as assigned with their random shooting value so they just murder yeah. you. I'm, I mean like bots that know how to drive cars and bots that don't teleport behind you. Like yeah. This is the direction we're going in. Much like Ranked, bots is like an ongoing project and this is just not even its final form. Yeah, but I w just to the random spawn thing, I'll throw in there. I mean, for the new players, you know, we want to make sure people are getting encounters. <laughs> right. We want to make sure people actually encounter bots so they actually have to use guns and they actually, you know, have a chance to land some shots. So part of that, you know, is that mechanic right there. Um, sure. And then as Maynard said, I mean, there's there's a lot of things we can do with them. I mean, a lot of games have bots. Tarkov has bots, right? I know you pl you, you play that game a lot. Um, you know, so so it's not like this is unheard of, you know, so part of it is the way that maybe they've been brought in. Part of it is is that you can't level up to a certain point where the number of bots is zero right now. These are all balancing issues that can be adjusted. We can introduce smarter ones. I've mentioned before that we uh, have this, you know, internal bot named Ultron that we've been playing around with, um, you know, and we've been training that off of, uh, <laughs> you know, using machine learning on actual player, you know, events and player tactics. So, you know, maybe that thing will go sentient or something one day and it could just take over. But, um, there, you know, there, there's a lot of options. But for the first version, we had to focus on like where the fire is, which is retention of new players and also making sure the queues pop. And it's also a bit of a safety net. You know, if a bunch of people leave to play ranked and the normal queues aren't full anymore, well, we still want them to be playable. So, you know, it's all those types of issues right now. But yet we did purposefully launch them at the same time. And part of, I think, what created the issues that came out on the console uh, with the console release was that unfortunately ranked wasn't quite ready to launch at the exact time that uh, bots were you know, as I mentioned, they solve a lot of different problems and we were bringing out a new version of the game and we didn't know how many people were going to pick up the new version of the game. So, you know, you have this tool that allows you to mitigate some of that risk, like you use it. You know, there's conspiracy theories out there again, which again, we laugh at all these, but that somehow we were forced to. Or that Google just walked over to our office with like a billion dollars and just, you know, forcefully right. no. bought bots in into Stadia to make Stadia no, have bots. No, no, no. And, that, and all that's case. ridiculous. I mean, they, they've been an awesome partner to work with and nobody forces us to do anything. So, but I mean, we ourselves said, you know, we have to mitigate risk where possible of a new platform. And, you know, it did turn out to have been a, I think, a good decision. <laughs> One, we really wish we could have launched Rank Mode at the same time. That would have really been the way to go. But, you know, that wasn't an issue because of the bot team. It was an issue because of the rank team. So, you know, right. we just weren't quite ready at that time. Right. We, we made the active decision yep. to not launch ranked until a month later yep. because there were certain aspects of ranked that we believed were very core to the experience, such as regional leaderboards, which is a thing we hadn't had before. In the previous survival title system, the leaderboards were global. So there was no way of knowing, am I the best in NA? You know, am I the best in, you know, EU or South America? No, the answer is China has a lot more players than anybody. And by sheer virtue of having a larger player pool, they have more talent, generally speaking, because that's just how percentages work, <laughs> who would rise to the top and dominate the leaderboards. Just That's just one of the issues with having a global leaderboard only. And we felt that having distinct regional leaderboards was a very key part of Ranked, among other things that we're working on. And so we decided to hold Ranked for a month to give Ranked the polish that we thought it deserved. Yep. That that feature specifically actually is what delayed it the last month. And as it turned out, again, I mean, having the shorter season, 
uh, the eight-week season w- was probably a good thing because it you know allows us to feel like we can pretty quickly react for season eight. Is that firm? Is that able to be talked about right now, season eight launch? Um, yeah, I mean, actually, I think we've talked a lot about the stuff that's kind of at the top of the list already. It's deciding what we're going to do for solos. It's deciding what we're going to do for team placement. And as Maynard said, it, it is our intention to to take team placement into account. Um, as, as well as things like in-game settings. Are we going to mess with the maps? Is Sandhawk out, Vikendi in? Are we going to do hard spawn vehicles? Like, these are the types of things that are the questions for Season 8. Yep. Awesome. You know I want to dig into all that, but I know we don't have time tonight. But I guess something that you said uh, reminded me. So uh, let's go back to console for a second and just for our uh, friends over on console. So I'm going to go back to this whole idea of integrity on on console and the ranked mode. And I, that's either launched now or just recently launched now. This week. Um, and, you know, I don't know. Are, are you doing the same things for integrity there? Like, is there SMS verification? Um, I know console players also have a much different view on peripherals. Like there's things that people can use inputs for mouse and keyboard on a console, which is, again, it's up in the air on whether that's allowed or not. So are you guys having to do different integrity checks on console or are there things that you're having to take a stance on for console for the ranked mode that you previously didn't have to? Well, we sort of already took a stance on some of those things. The mouse and keyboard stuff, right? And the the like the cheat controllers and all those things uh, we've said before like th- those are not authorized if we catch you with them you're banned and with ranked if you get banned permanently or even temporarily if you're temporarily banned for the duration of your temporary ban you're going to be off the leaderboard and if you ever get permanently banned you're off the leaderboard forever we're we're taking a hard stance against cheating of all kinds including messing with controller style unfairness that's our personal stance on it as a ranked team of course i, ca- I can't personally speak uh, as the company how we how we take this but that's how we're positioned. No, I mean cheaters is one of the most important issues we've got right now. You know, we're launched like recently the community managers and a whole bunch of volunteers have actually started doing banning, so that's that's launched in our Discord. So, yeah, there's going to be a lot more of that. We're we're talking about possibly working with some of the community um, you know, stats apps like PUBG Lookup and PUBG Report, so maybe you could, you know, do banning or something directly from those tools. We've got a lot of stuff we're working on. We're we're taking it very seriously, but as you guys know, it's it's just really hard, and it's it's not just not us; it's everybody. But I think the specific thing you're asking about is SMS, basically, and why it's not on console. Um, yeah, which is a fair question. And you know, we on console, like we have a lot more tools at our disposal because we've got verified, you know, credit cards from their Xbox Live accounts, and we've got console IDs, and we can work with with Microsoft and Sony directly. Like we've we've got a lot more tools. Um, so initially, we just we just didn't think it was uh, really needed there. And we, you know, mouse and keyboard uh, entry and SMS verification is just more of a pain in the neck sometimes. But we may reverse the decision on that one. The bigger issue on console, I think, is the ability to uh, for radar hacks to work, which uh, we will be patching very shortly. So that's been the top priority, I think, over on console from the cheat perspective. So that's, that's in the works and coming out. Is cheating something you can talk to? Because it's like, I know there's the conspiracy theories out there, like, you know, every time there's a banned cheat, they have to go buy a bunch of new accounts and that generates however much revenue. Oh my God. (laughs) I I, I can clear that one up. It doesn't generate basically any revenue because they they figure out a way to buy the game from a country where the price is discounted and it's it's super cheap. So like, no, 
walk down to like South America or something and buy a hundred right. PUBG accounts for three cents. Like that's we we don't get money no, out of that. Cheating that's is a plague. It is the worst thing that we have going on. It just it takes a multi pronged approach. So you saw the SMS stuff that we're working on. We've got another thing coming uh, along that line in the can coming out next uh, for for like real human you know, validation. We're introducing the mod army. It's not really called the mod army. That was an internal name, <laughs> but it's basically the way that uh, players can do reporting in discord, as I said. Okay. And then recently we just did a big upgrade to some of the in-game anti-cheat stuff. So no, we, we ban more players in a week than most games ban in a month. So we take it very, very, very seriously. And it's, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that keeps us from being able to, to take the next step, you know, on the free to play journey, for instance, because we can't have that type of cheating problem. There's no way we, we don't make money off it. It absolutely costs us more money than, than we would ever uh, make. And it's, it's terrible. So it's, it's, it's a plague. To speak about SMS on console. Yeah. Just a little bit more from a design perspective. Requiring players to register with SMS, it cannot be denied that it is a new barrier to entry, not just because it's like a pain to go through the process and like maybe your text carrier is like spotty and it's like it's actually difficult. It gets lost. You got to try multiple times. Maybe you don't have a phone or maybe you're not like of age and your parents tell you like I'm not letting you do that. Like there's all kinds of reasons why it's a huge barrier to entry. Even regardless of that, it takes time and energy. A lot of players are going to be put off by that. The amount of benefit that you stand to gain from putting a barrier to entry until ranked like this nature, it has to be high enough to warrant damaging the player experience to such an extent, which is what is happening. Uh, players willingly accept that pain to go through the SMS because it adds what they perceive as enough value to their experience that they will do it. So when we approached SMS, we looked across the board and there are various different situations where the addition of SMS doesn't seem to add as much value as it does for PC. One of those is console. But another example is, is actually Korea. So in Korea, they their accounts are, are basically already require their own type of, of phone verification. And their phone verification is tied to their Korean social security number. It's actually very strict. And it's not just in PUBG. It's a, a lot of games over there do yeah. this, yeah. right? If you cheat, if you hack, if you do any of these things and your Korean social security number gets blacklisted, that is probably it for you for a lot of games. Um, that's the extent they take it over there. For clear reason, they don't need our extra level of SMS on top of that. So, so, so that's immediately the need for having different levels of verification for different regions is on the table. And so while we were writing that software, we were like, hmm, well, what about other cases where it doesn't add as much value as it adds pain? And consoles where it's like, well, I mean, if you ban their Xbox and they have to buy a new Xbox, that's actually about as much cost as buying a new phone in that case. You don't have the extensive tools like on PC where you can go and like spoof things and do whatever you want to try and get around it on a console. So it's a lot easier. Like you can't pull your Xbox apart and replace the graphics card. And now like that hardware <laughs> ban is gone, right? Right. Yeah. The problem, the problem on console though, is that the, uh, is that the multiple accounts hacks and you know, we're banning accounts and then people will create new accounts and yeah, you need a new vector to deal with console. Yeah. Right. Well, and, and I guess I don't really want to dig too deep into this without saying the cheating sort of issue right now is very much not PUBG specific. No. Um, yeah. All the FPS titles that I've played or do play recently, I mean, Valorant, Tarkov, PUBG, it seems to be ramping up and there's a lot of new stuff out there about 
how deep cheats have to go and thus the countermeasures have to go and where that's all leading. So it's kind of an interesting and scary subject um, (laughs) hearing that the Korean social security numbers are tied to it. It kind of makes me chuckle and it kind of makes me say, maybe that's a good thing because cheating is one of, if not the most frustrating and quickest ways to get you out of the game. Right. I'm not somebody that jokes about like, you're killing my immersion. Right. It's that's a Reddit joke. Right. But we've talked about it before. It's that thing that removes you from the game and immediately clicks you out. It's kind of like when your parachute fails and you die and you're just like, well, that's nothing I did wrong. The game messed up. Cheaters have the ability to do that to you as well. So it's definitely a big issue. It's cool to hear that you guys are really trying to figure out the best way to do it. When you say you ban more in a week than most games do in a month, that's got to be a crazy number. Yeah. And it's not like we get all them back. So, (laughs) you know. For ranked, um, we're approaching the cheating issue from like many directions. Um, Some of them soft, some of them hard. So when I say that, like like a hard direction would be you have code that tries to detect actual cheats running. It tries to detect this guy's moving too fast in game. It's not possible. He must be speed hacking or this guy's Harry Pottering a car. Like those would be hard checks. And then we're, we're putting more soft checks in. And these are things like, well, we already know statistically from a data analysis that it takes cheaters on average X amount of time before they get caught on X percentage of time. And you map that and go, okay, so if we put the survival mastery level requirement at this rate. By the time that they get to X level, X percent of cheaters will have been caught by that. And then, like, you start to whittle down here and there. Like, no, level 20 is not going to catch all of them. But you, you whittle a little way here. You, a, a, few, a few of them don't have access to multiple phones, so you whittle a few of them away yeah, there. Yeah. And then you, like, that, like, attacks the low effort cheaters and gets them out, right? It's too much effort for them to keep cheating and getting banned. So that gets rid of, like, the surface level, like, script kitty, easy access cheaters. Then you have you have people like monitoring the leaderboards, like our awesome community team. And they're going to look at the leaderboards and be like, hmm, this guy has a 99 KDA. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to temp ban that guy from the leaderboards, and we're going to investigate this yeah. guy. And so you have manual screening on the top end of what are effectively the cheaters who invested the most time. They've went and paid their literally hundreds of dollars a month in some cases for their cheating suite, their premium cheating suites, right? And they've got their gray market PUBG account and they've gone in there and they've started to hack and they're feeling great and they've hacked for dozens of hours. Here I am. I'm about to hit master. And I get, I get up there and then I'm not on leaderboards. That sucker punch to the hackers of you just wasted all of your own time and money as well as actually having them not interfere with the leaderboards is like the attempt to tackle this from the other end. Gotcha. Yeah, so it's awesome to hear and it's I love the fact that there's a community aspect coming in via the Discord however that rolls out. You know, you've got the actual community team working on it as well and hitting those outliers to see if they're legit or not. And then obviously the software and um, that going there. So I it kind of led me to this question though, um, you know, regarding the free-to-play weekend, the survival level to get into ranked, if somebody comes into the free-to-play weekend, are they going to be able to SMS auth and if they get to the level 20, will they be able to play in ranked on that weekend? Uh, you know, I think, yeah, I think they will. We're going to block things like the store because we don't want them to accidentally spend money and then not be able to really enjoy the thing if they don't purchase the game. But um, Got it. yeah, they'll be able to play. And I mean, we want them to try it out, you know, so, yep. And if they want to make a new account, 
and then hit level 20 fast enough to have a meaningful time to spend on ranked the weekend, and they're hacking, they better hack fast. <laughs> and if they're going to hack fast, they're probably going to get caught. Because yep. that's, that's how you get that's caught, right. is you go a little bit too, a little bit too hard. <laughs> yep. You lean a little bit too heavy on the auto-aim, you know, you, uh, you, you make the wall hacks a little bit too bright, and then you get distracted, you know, that's how you get caught. Yeah. It's just such a, a crazy thought to me that it's like, ooh, free weekend, I'm going to go cheat. <laughs> like, why? why? It doesn't make sense. Just go have fun. But yeah, you, you go on YouTube and you watch these like CSGO Overwatch cases of people reviewing these hackers. Yeah. And there's so many of them, right? There's so, so you can watch them for forever. And one thing that you notice is that the type of people who hack, they tend to get impatient. You'll, you'll watch them play like a full 20 minutes of a, of a CSGO game being slightly behind. And then suddenly they'll, they'll go full throttle and they'll rage. And now they're like spin botting and headshotting everybody because... Because they were not top of the leaderboard and they're, they're getting impatient. And you're, you're not right wrong because it's like there's times where, you know, I'll go into a replay file and be like, man, that guy hit like six shots as I was running left to right and he hit all six and it felt weird. And I'll have to go watch for, you know, five or ten minutes of that person's gameplay. And it's like patient, patient, patient. And then all of a sudden it's like, OK, now he's watching someone through a mountain and da da da. And to be honest with you, I really don't even like talking about cheating because it, it to me, like even just saying it's possible i just hate putting that out there so it's like like there's like the internal battle right now to even talk about it or just move on exists because i hate it so much yep so it's <laughs> I, I appreciate the extra level of detail that you guys gave on how you're trying to preserve the integrity but it's also just such an awful i don't even know if it's a community or what it is but it just drives me insane so well on the community side sometimes uh i mean just percentage wise some of these cases are going to get through and it feels extra bad when they're streamers and then they broadcast it and it's super obvious. And then, you know, it's not clear if like anything can happen. What can you do? You just you just sort of report them and you, you file it to PUBG support. And you hope the best happens. But that's the cases where like, you know, the community team is going to is going to clean that up. So, you know, those yeah. are the ones where we'll, we'll take care of them from that perspective. The fortunate thing about Ranked is that it has this sort of different situation than normal games when it comes to hacking. It's not just because rank is worth more or anything. So in a normal game, the only thing you have is your performance in that game. You either you do well or you don't, you win or you don't. And if a hacker shows up and they kill you in that game, that's it. The only thing that game could have given you is lost, and that feels terrible. So... If a hacker gets you in a ranked game, yeah, that also sucks. Honestly, it does. But your ranking is determined by your consistent performance across many, 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 many games. Over the actual length of playing ranked, getting killed by a cheater here and there, it's not going to actually impact where you end up with your actual ranking. And in the moment, it's going to suck. But because there's this long-term actual goal, it sort of can help work around it. Unlike in a normal game, where the whole experience is just gone because you got killed yeah, by a hacker. Yeah, right. Like, oh, maybe you killed me, hacker, but I was already, I was in top 10, I got five kills, I still gained rank points, deal with it. Like, it's a long game. It's a whole different yeah. experience. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I'm going with my gut here and just, <laughs> I can't I can't do the, the cheater conversation anymore. It gives me uh, comfort that you guys are working on it, you're aware of it. It's a multi-prong approach. That's great. I think hearing the updates on that and what you guys put out there is good. And it's, uh, you know, compared to a while back, I I don't experience it nearly as often now. So good job from that standpoint. But I'm going to move off that and 
I don't know, guys. I mean, we kind of hit ranked inside out sideways. Um, the bots, again, I, I told you my conspiracy theory, it still stands. And hearing that there's a free-to-play weekend coming up, uh, whether you like it or not, plays into my theory, so <laughs> deal with it. And <laughs> and uh, The truth is out there. Yeah. Is out there. <laughs> um, so I guess the, the last thing I'll do as we're wrapping up here is uh, both Maynard Corrigan, I guess what I would ask is, uh, and of the community, like if, if you guys have something to add to the conversation or a question or you saw something or heard something that you want more clarification on or are excited about, make sure you let these guys know, let us know, whatever. But what I'm going to ask you guys to do, Maynard and Corrigan, is let people know the best place to reach out to you if that's a thing, whether it's Twitter, Reddit, wherever. And then if there's a certain way that feedback works, like if somebody says, hey, I really want solo do they need to tell you why or do they just need to say, I really want solo ranked? Uh, so if you guys would each do that and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here. Yep. So for me anyway, uh, I'm really active on Twitter. Um, you, anybody could talk to me there. We have a lot of good conversations about all of this kind of stuff. Actually, we're pretty open about it. And, you know, I would say on Reddit as well. I guess the one uh, caveat I'll say on Reddit is, you know, we are more than happy to talk in depth. Everything we talked about today, we'd be happy to talk about anywhere, including Reddit. We're not going to engage with uh, posts that aren't uh, sort of thoughtful and, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, forward thinking about the game. You know, we're not going to get into arguments with people about why their specific play mode is the, is the correct one or the wrong one. So that sort of thing we're not going to engage on and we don't. But yeah, I mean, we, we're very happy to get into more discussions like this there. So if anybody wants to have a deeper discussion, post a really thoughtful question, you know, get a thoughtful a discourse going. Uh, and we're more than happy to jump in. We, we both, I think, read this stuff every single day. We read every single Reddit post, every single, you know, tweet sent our way. Also, I guess last but not least on Discord, we're pretty much doing, I think, open community conversations almost every Friday now. So there's this play with PUBG event where you can come in and play against the developers. You know, of course, we're not able to get everybody in the customs, but uh, there's a whole bunch of extra people who pop in the Discord and either we chat live on Twitch or we chat live in the Discord. We had a pretty good one maybe two weeks ago about bots. The PUBG lookup folks uh, did a really nice uh, write-up of the whole conversation and put it up on his news page. So that was really great too. So yeah, I would say Discord, Reddit, Twitter are probably the, the best places. And we're really happy to engage with anybody who wants to talk about PUBG and comes at it from a great place because it's it's just what we love. Happy to do it. Awesome. What's your uh, what's your Twitter handle and Reddit handle? Yeah, so I changed mine because uh, my 10-year-old started uh, stealing my Xbox account. And he started getting hit up by weirdos. So I, I, I changed my professional one. So it's, it's Superfecta, but it's spelled with a SV. So S-V-P-E-R-F-E-C-T-A. That's mine on Twitter. And that is not the story I was hoping for, man. That's yeah. Well, Superfecta, <laughs> we live in a town where there's a bunch of horse riding. So Superfecta is a, is a type of horse racing result. Well, it's, it's not the Superfecta side of the fact that you, weirdos are hitting up my 10-year-old. getting hit yeah. up from weirdos. Yeah, 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 you know, the internet's a thing. <laughs> Yikes. And Maynard? <laughs> Right. Just so for me, if you really must have my eyes on something <laughs> or you really you really want to ask some thoughtful questions about how a certain, you know, ranked or even mastery mechanic works, um, or some thoughts behind what I think of some suggestions you might have, or you want to share your opinion on how things could be moving forward in a, in a constructive way, I am always around Reddit. Like, there, there almost isn't a post, I don't think, on either the official uh, PUBG PC or console subreddits that I don't see um, on, on at least daily basis. Honestly, almost a compulsion. <laughs> so I could use some help to not see them all. But I do, in fact, see them all. And if you want to tag me at my Reddit handle, uh, PUBG underscore sword underscore saints, 
um, with your questions or anything about these systems, and please feel free. If you look up my Reddit history, you'll see I don't really post much, but mostly I post in response to direct questions about actual systems. So that's what I'll be talking about. If you want to talk about your personal opinions on why we're bad players and developers because we didn't do X, Y, Z, I'm happy to be your sandbag, but don't expect a response. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I <laughs> seriously, you guys, I uh, personally, on both behalf of myself and the one heart, the other co-host on the show and just everybody in the winner, winner community, I just want to say thank you guys for taking the time to come on to not only just talk about these systems that are new, they're exciting, they have concerns, but also to hit the stuff that's is challenging. And I know it's challenging, but it's out there. So thank you guys so much for coming on. And and the last thing is, if there's anything you guys want to say to the community, now's your chance. And then, and then we're going to roll out. But sincerely, thank you guys for coming on. No, I think all we want to say is thanks for playing. You know, uh, we love this as much as you do. We care about it as much as you guys do. So let us know what you think and, and uh, we'll take it forward together. I really hope you guys all love the Season 7 Gold Rank Rewards uh, when they're released. And if you can't get them this time, better luck next time. Awesome. Well, like I said early on in the show, at MTB Trigger if you're looking for me. But as for tonight, that is all we got. Winner, winner. Out. <laughs>